Lord, take our entire lives and let them be consecrated to serving you and your purposes in our life. And help us today to understand the power of the body of Christ working together. For your sake we pray, amen. Grace to you and peace from the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Tomorrow morning is a pretty significant event taking place, as you are undoubtedly aware, that of the solar eclipse, which doesn't come along all that frequently, does it? Of course, here in Arizona, we won't be able to experience the total eclipse, but nevertheless, it is a phenomenon that... uh, that we will be able to experience, but I want to please encourage you to heed the warnings. Please, please, please do not look at the sun, at the solar eclipse, with your bare naked eye. In fact, even your regular sunglasses are not sufficient to protect your eyes to view the solar eclipse. Serious damage can take place. And the fact is that in your eye's retina, there are no pain receptors. So you won't even feel that your eyes are literally burning. And the damage can indeed be lifelong. So make sure that if you are planning to view the solar eclipse, that you have the proper eyewear that is NASA approved and so on those regular sunglasses really will not do. You know what, as I've been reading about the eyes in connection to this whole experience of tomorrow, it's made me really appreciate that much more my vision. And even though I have to use these things, I really appreciate the ability to see, and I'd hate to compromise that in, in any way. I mean, can you just imagine for a moment that for one day only, you had absolutely no sight? Most of us take our vision for granted, don't we? Those who are visually impaired or blind have learned ways to compensate and cope for their disability, but for most of us, that would be quite a shock, even to go through one day. Imagine your normal day not being able to see anything what a hindrance that would be to your normal routine, would it not? We can truly appreciate every part of our body, including our eyes. Think about how that would affect your family, what they would have to do to compensate for the fact that you couldn't see. Think of how it would impact the rest of the functions of your body if you couldn't see. Now suddenly your sense of touch and smell and hearing become heightened, because of your lack of ability to see. Everything becomes impacted. Well, as we think about the body, we realize that the human body is made up of a lot of different parts put together. And in God's amazing creation, all of these different body parts work together in amazing synchronicity. Take, for example, just being able to drive your automobile down the road. Think of all the different parts of your body that have to work together to make that function alone be successful. Your eyes need to be able to assess things around you. The brain is receiving messages constantly and sending the message throughout your body. 
to your hands so that they can steer properly, to your feet so they know when to apply the accelerator or the brake. Now throw in, if you drive a stick shift, and you've got the brain controlling the hands, the feet, the clutch, everything together, right? It all has to work in harmony. And it's amazing that all of those body parts work together so beautifully. Well, it's no wonder that St. Paul so often uses the human body as an illustration of the Christian church. He refers to the church as the body of Christ. And today's theme is the power of the body, namely the body of Christ, the church. In Romans chapter 12, where we are today in our study of the book of Romans, St. Paul gives us some insights about the body of Christ and how it is intended to work and function at its most optimum capability. Starting in chapter, chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, he says, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Now, as we look at these opening verses and other verses in chapter 12, I want to highlight three key insights from St. Paul from chapter 12 about the body of Christ, the church. Three key takeaways, you might say. And the first is this, that the church is one body with many members. Just as the human body is a single organism with many different parts, many different members working together, so too the Christian church is to be one body with many members. That points out two different dimensions within the church, both a unity and a diversity within the body of Christ. There's a unity that God gives to the entire Christian church. That is that we share the oneness as believers in Jesus through faith in Jesus Christ who died on a cross to make the payment for our sins, who rose from the dead on that first Easter morning to conquer the power of death and hell, to give us the guarantee that through faith in Jesus we have heaven awaiting us. That truth, that belief in Jesus as our Savior unites us as one. The true Christian church is made up of all true believers in Jesus Christ. In Latin, we call it the una sancta, the one true holy Christian apostolic church, the one we profess in the creeds. It has no boundaries, and what unites us is our faith in Jesus Christ. And yet within the unity of the one true Christian church is a diversity a wonderful diversity, a diversity of cultures, a diversity of languages, a diversity of ethnicities, and on and on. And I would say, viva la différence. I think it's a blessing that the Christian church is made up of such a wide variety of, of peoples and backgrounds. I think that's what heaven is going to be like. The book of Revelation describes heaven as people from every tribe and language and group, how wonderful that will be to be united finally in heaven as one. 
Well, the, while the Christian church is one and universal, the Christian church expresses itself visibly in local congregations like ours. And likewise, here at Shepherd of the Desert Lutheran Church, we have a wonderful unity of faith and a wonderful diversity of people. You know, unlike many Christian churches across the country, here in Arizona, things are a little bit different, aren't they? In that so many of us are from other places. Very few of us are native Arizonans. I guess when we meet one, we make a big deal out of it, especially older ones. But we're all from such different places, and yet God has brought us together. He's brought us together with a variety of backgrounds, a variety of talents and interests, a variety of skills and abilities, a variety of ethnicities and language groups, a wonderful diversity within our congregation. And that's what the church is to be, one body with many members. That brings us to the second insight from St. Paul. And that is that each member has a unique function. Just as in the human body, every part of our body plays a specific role, carries out a specific function, so too is it in the church. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, talks about how one part of the body can't say to another part of the body, well, we don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, we don't need you. Every part is necessary. Every part plays an important function. So too it is in the church. In Romans 12, verse 6, Paul says, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. See, what Paul wants us to understand is that every member of the Christian church is uniquely gifted, has a unique function. And they are to carry out that function for the good of the whole body. Just imagine if one part of your physical body just stopped working. We talked about vision before. What if your legs stopped working? What if you had no use of your arms anymore? Would it affect the rest of your body? Sure it would. Likewise, too, in the church, we have different gifts according to the grace given us, gifts that are to be used. So let me just ask you this question. What gift or gifts has God given you? What are your unique abilities and functions? And how might those be used as a part of the body of Christ in service to Christ and his people? You know, sometimes in our Lutheran modesty and humility, which we're kind of known for, we fail to recognize and acknowledge the gifts that we've been given by God. And maybe even to an extreme, we downplay them. But I I truly think God wants us to understand that he has given us these gifts and abilities for a purpose. And they are to be used and recognized. I think it's a good thing to do an assessment of our own giftedness. And Paul provides us some guidance on this. In verse 3 of our text, he says, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment 
in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. I think there's two problems that arise when it comes to assessing our giftedness. And and one is the first one he mentions here, thinking more highly of yourself than you ought, overestimating one's abilities, sort of in a prideful, conceited fashion, thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to. But I think there's the opposite problem, underestimating one's abilities. When Paul uses the term, we read it in English, use sober judgment, the implication there is also involves affirming the gifts that you do have. Sometimes we underestimate the value of the gifts that God has given each one of us. And that can be just as harmful as overestimating ourselves. In sober judgment, it it means that we are to be honest about our unique giftedness. You see, the Bible teaches, and Paul is the primary teacher of this in various of his letters, that every Christian has been given at least one, if not more than one, gift from the Holy Spirit. In addition to your God-given talents and abilities and skills, you've been given at least one, if not more than one, spiritual gift. Paul talks about spiritual gifts, not only in Romans 12, but also in 1 Corinthians 12. Listen to what he says in that letter. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, he goes on later in that chapter in 1 Corinthians to list a number of different spiritual gifts. You might want to study 1 Corinthians 12 this week for a listing of some of the gifts. Earlier in the year, we asked uh, our members to consider completing what's called a spiritual gifts inventory. It's a tool that we use here at Shepherd of the Desert to help our members to begin to assess what their spiritual gifts might be. Some of you completed that. And we receive that data. We have that data saved in our uh, computer database for access, for uh, calling upon persons to use their gifts and service here. If you have not had the opportunity yet to complete a spiritual gifts inventory, allow me to challenge you to do that. There are copies available in the Narthex before you leave today on the counter. Uh, Pick one up. Take it home. Do this at home at your own convenience. The last page of the assessment has a little form that you can fill out that will indicate to us what you identified as your top three spiritual gifts. Tear off that last page and bring it into the church office or email the information to Tracy in the church office so we can have a sense of the giftedness of the body of Christ here at Shepherd of the Desert. We'd like to know what your giftedness contains and and consists of so that those gifts can be put to use in ministry. That gifts inventory, by the way, works with 16 different gifts that are service-oriented. There are other gifts, of course, included in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, and I encourage you to study both of those chapters. Here in Romans 12, Paul mentions seven of them in verses 6 through 8, the last portion of our text. He says, we have different gifts 
according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in agreement with the faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Now, some of these things are things that uh, on one level apply to all Christians, being merciful, being servants, and so on. But spiritual gifts are those special capacities that certain individuals have for that particular capability. They've been gifted in a unique way to carry out that function. The first one that he mentions is prophesying. We might describe that today as preaching or proclaiming God's word. And Paul specifically says doing it in agreement with the faith. That is, in agreement with what is taught in the entirety of God's word, the scriptures. The doctrine that comes to us from God's word. Another gift he mentions is serving. Having a servant's mentality of of putting others ahead of yourself, serving others as if you were serving Christ. Is that your gift? Another one he mentions is teaching. The ability to take the basic truths of God's Word and communicate them in such a way that those who listen to you learn and go deeper in their faith walk with Christ. Another one is the gift of encouraging. The word behind that means to come alongside someone like you put your arms around their shoulders and you counsel them, you encourage them, you guide them by your words. It's the same word that's used for the Holy Spirit when he's called the counselor, the encourager, the one who comes alongside us and guides us and counsels us in our walk of faith. Maybe you're an encourager. Another gift he mentions is that of contributing to the needs of others and encourages that person to do so generously. Maybe that's you. Maybe you have, have the gift of leadership. Providing leadership specifically within the church and the encouragement is to do that with diligence. That the progress, the forward progress of the mission of the church may be, may be carried on. And, and the last one he mentions is the gift of mercy. Seeing the needs of others around you and responding with the compassion of Christ and doing so cheerfully. He says, those are some of the spiritual gifts. Do you know which ones are yours? Paul makes it pretty clear that these spiritual gifts aren't meant to just sit idle. Spiritual gifts are meant to be used. So let me ask you, how are you using your gifts in ministry? If you're not quite sure, A, what your gifts are, we'd like to help you begin to discover what those gifts are. If you have a sense of what your gifts are, but you're not quite sure how to put them into use in the church, we'd like to help you with that as well. Please, contact me or one of the other pastors or one of the other staff persons and let us assist you in discovering a way to use your gifts in ministry here at Shepherd of the Desert. One body, many members. Every member has a unique function. And the third takeaway from Romans 12 is this. 
all the parts, all the members of the body of Christ are interdependent. Interdependent. Paul says it this way. Each member belongs to all the others. It's certainly true of our human bodies, isn't it? All of our members of our body are interdependent. If you don't believe that, stub your toe in the middle of the night some night and see if your whole body doesn't just cringe from the pain. Every part of our body is dependent on the other. And that is so true of the church. We need each other. We need each other. And we need each other to carry out their individual functions for the good of the whole. We are to serve alongside one another for a common purpose. St. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The common good of the mission of the church. That's why we've been given these gifts. For the common good of carrying out the mission of Christ. And as we say that mission here at Shepherd of the Desert, it's leading people to follow Jesus. That's what we're all about. How might you use your talents and gifts to contribute toward that common purpose we share? Leading people to follow Jesus. You know, in this joint mission that we share, every person is needed. And I know that there are uh, some who, who sometimes have expressed these kinds of thoughts. Well, you know, I, I'm older, and we should let the young people have a chance to do it. Well, yeah, we need to let the young people have a chance to serve, but we need you too. I heard someone say recently, there's no such thing as retirement. Instead of retiring, reload. Use your God-given abilities for the good of the common cause of leading people to follow Jesus. Don't retire, reload. Reload the gifts that God has given you. Each and every one of you is needed. We are one body with many members. Each of us has a unique function and we depend on each other. So how are you using your gifts and abilities for the cause of Christ? You know, if you think about it, God has taken a wonderfully diverse group of people and he has made us into one body. We call it the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are the feet of Jesus going the extra mile so that someone else out there may know the love of God. We are the body of Christ. We are the hands of Jesus that reach out and help those in need and lift up those who are broken and dragged down. We are the eyes of Jesus that are observant to the needs of others who see what's going on in the world and respond the way Jesus would. We are the ears of Jesus who sit and calmly listen to the hurts and needs of those around us so that we might express Christ's compassion. And finally, we are the mouth of Jesus, speaking the message of God's love about a Savior who willingly died on a cross and rose again that everyone who trusts in Him may have eternal life. 
You see, it's about the power of the body, the power of the body of Christ in action. The whole body, the whole body needs you. So let me ask you, are you ready to do your unique part in the body of Christ? Amen. May the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.